0: in the house of God this morning. Amen. Amen. I had a conversation with somebody just before I came to church. And <laughs> this person really needs God to intervene in your life, and it just made me, you know, we're so blessed. Amen. Our lives aren't perfect by far, but with God, yeah. we, you know, we really don't have a trouble.
1: That's we right. don't. Amen. That's
0: and right. As long as we have faith, there's nothing He right. can't do. Yeah, and, uh, that's right. Amen. It just made me Amen. even more,
1: Give me a burden. Jesus.
0: Uh, we need to be that light because there's so many people around amen. us that need him amen. and uh, i'm just amen. thankful for him this morning thankful for what he's amen. doing in all our lives amen. thankful amen. that I have the holy Ghost amen amen that he me the Thank truth amen. Amen. amen I'm just thankful for him amen.
2: amen for your faithfulness and bless today bless this offering Father thank you Lord for amen all seen to our knees let's return to you Father amen all that you have given to us we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus
1: name Amen. amen let's
0: just continue with our worship E
2: if the Lord Just- feel in this place it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. The presence of the Lord. You know, Jesus spoke in his word and that's what he said. He said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, they're mine in the midst of him. And that's what we're that's what we're experiencing right now. And God is obviously <coughs> confirming his word to us and his presence is here Amen. in a mighty way Amen. in a special way, in a beautiful way. Yes. Amen. What's sad is a lot of people will never understand or comprehend what it is to worship God in, in the spirit and in truth. Amen. But I'm glad we... Uh, We are here to worship Him in spirit and truth. Amen. Amen. That's right. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So we'll go ahead and we'll uh, excuse the Sunday school classes to their, amen, respective classrooms this morning. Amen. Amen. You can be on your way. Be on your merry way. Thank you, Jesus. Good to see everybody here. Good to see all our visitors. Good to see Brother B, Sister Deborah, the White River folks, Amen. and uh, Sister Dina's sister from Watertown. Okay. Watertown. Amen. Thank you for coming. And Sister Lila from White River. That's a. That's a 234 mile trek, yeah. one way. That's a long ways to go to go to church, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, how far is Watertown from us? 110. Well, she's in Clark. Oh, Clark. Oh, it's Goes further. So, yeah. man, I tell you what, we're definitely blessed to have you here with us. Thank you yeah. for coming. That's yeah. right. What's sad is there's some that don't even live a half a mile from church that can't make it. I know <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> right. Uh, I'm not picking on anybody, don't get me around. Man. But I'm glad to be here. I tell you what, I just can't I can't get over the presence of the Lord. Obviously, obviously uh Amen. He's in this place and To me, He does want us to understand and to know Him. Uh, Not just know about Him, but to know Him. In a personal way, we're all given that opportunity to do that. And I'm just amazed at at that. Every time He opens up the door for us to step into His presence, i tell you what, we need to take, take advantage of it. Amen. And we need to just allow Him to move in our lives. I don't know you know, we all have certain needs. Maybe some needs we're not even aware of. Sometimes we're not aware of our needs. But we have certain needs, whatever they may be. You might be, uh, as Paul said, cast all your cares upon Him because He cares for you. And, uh, of course, you know, there's certain things that we, we might be going through right now. And whatever they may be, whatever life has thrown at us and Whatever weight we're carrying, whatever burden we're, we're carrying, the thing about it is, is we always have to remember the only way we can, the only person that can give us any kind of help is is the Lord, and and give us, bring us to a place where, you know, we can experience <clears throat> His deliverance from these things, and salvation, and even healing—that's a possibility. And that's all contained in his word mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we have that promise so always remember that we have that promise right. uh, we need to believe in the word of God right. believe his promises because they're all true amen. and they're all yes they're all amen as amen. Paul said so always remember that uh, God is not a figment of our imagination amen. he's real amen. Amen. And, and he's alive I said that last week, I read out of the book of Acts, chapter 17, and I said, in Him we move, we live, we have our being. So that's a, a witness, that's an indication, because we're alive, that means God is alive. In other words, He's the reason why we're alive. That's right. And we're experiencing what we're experiencing in life, you know. Uh, amen. And the greater the greater uh, uh, miracle of this, or the, the greater thing about this is, is that we can have the opportunity to come to that understanding or that revelation that He is alive and that He is a living God Mm -hmm. and that He is the true God. You notice I said just one God. Uh, You know, and Paul said there are lords many, gods many, but there's only one Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one God. And that's what we have been uh, we have been studying and and any person, uh, I, I have, have understood this, you know, since I began my my walk with the Lord, and 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 He came into my life, and He uh, saved me from my sin. I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm glad He saved me from my sins. Amen. And but when He did, He came and He brought an understanding to me. Any person that has a heart to wanna dig into the Word, or to even get into the Word to try to gain some kind of understanding, insight, knowledge, whatever you want to say it, to know Him. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that if we approach Him, and we approach Him wholeheartedly, we approach Him in sincerity, and the other part of it is humility. We, we humble ourselves to Him. Mm-hmm. When we come in, in that manner We're able to come to that understanding of who He is. And to experience that relationship. Let me tell you something. God didn't give us the Word so that we could just have intellectual knowledge. What a lot of people today refer to as head knowledge. He didn't give us the Word just for that purpose. So that we can know about Him. There's a lot of people that know about Him, but they don't know Him. There's a big difference. And when we come to that understanding of, of truth, of course, that, all of that involves salvation. It's not, you cannot understand God. Listen to this. You cannot understand God, anything about His person, unless you experience salvation first. Amen. Right. When you experience salvation, then you come to that understanding. You come to that realization of God and who He is. He makes it personal. Because our relationship is based upon a personal relationship. Amen. And so that's the beautiful thing about all this. We all come in here, we've all experienced in one way, in one form or fashion, we've all experienced the goodness of God, His love, His grace, His mercy. Amen. His loving kindness. Ooh, and His word. All through His Spirit. And that's what we're feeling in this place, aren't we? We're feeling, we're feeling His Spirit. I mean, God has come into this place mightily this morning. Right, amen. That's right, amen. <clears throat> <clears throat> and this is a good, good way of uh, when we talk about bearing witness to His Word. It's confirmation that He's pouring out His Spirit upon us. Yes. We we have we're Amen. filling it right now. Uh, myself, I just want to take my time just to acknowledge it. I don't. I, I, I want to get into the Word, but tell you what, I'm i feeling the Holy Ghost up here Amen. and feeling the presence of the Lord. And we come to that place of walking into His presence and just me. I just I hate. I don't want to leave that place. And I want to just stand there in awe. And what I feel right now, you know what, you can take what you're feeling right now, you can take it, you can take it with you.
1: Yes, amen.
2: that's right. Mm. That's right, It's a beautiful thing. Amen. Right. If you want to turn your attention with me in the book of uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 4, we'll kind of go back to our, what we've been teaching the past few Sundays. Amen and amen. Chapter 4 and verse 24. You know, uh, <clears throat> I, I didn't uh, give uh, uh, Melissa any kind of, you know, as far as idea of what to sing this morning. I didn't tell her what to sing. <laughs> All of you know the, the songs we sang this morning that we worship. We we stood and sang and worshiped. Those of you that know the songs that we've sung, you understand something. Obviously the Lord knows and God wants us to understand that. He wants us to come to that understanding. And I, I didn't even tell her what you know, of course the, the the teaching was gonna be on, but obviously uh the spirit is Bearing witness and leading us to that place in worship. What you see here in, in verse number twenty-four in chapter four, John it says, "God is a spirit." Those those four words, "God is a spirit," amen. And we've been talking about this, you know, in the past few lessons. About God, who is a spirit. Jesus said this about He said, "A spirit hath not flesh and blood." Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Flesh and bones. Mm-hmm. You can't see the spirit. Mm-hmm. You can't see His spirit. It's uh. It's invisible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we know it's here, don't we? Yes. Amen. Amen. We can feel His presence. We feel His goodness. So God is a spirit. And uh, I'll read the the other part of the scripture verse just to say I, I read all the whole verse of 24. And it says, They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. And they that worship Him Remember who's talking here. Jesus is talking. So Jesus says, God is a spirit. He's, he's, He's relating that truth to this particular person he's talking to. God is a spirit. Amen. Then he says, and they that worship him must worship him. Must must worship him in spirit and in truth wow so uh, we understand god is a spirit and if we are going to worship him we must worship him in spirit and truth now you notice in that scripture verse the difference between those two words the first part god is a spirit you see that spirit is amen spelled with a capital p uh, capital S, excuse me. Right. Right. Capital S-P-I-R-T. God is a spirit. Amen. Denoting His spirit. Right. The Holy Spirit. Right. The Eternal Spirit. Right. Okay. But they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. In other words, the word spirit there is spout with a small s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what is the difference between those two? Well, God is a spirit. We know that. His Holy Spirit, His eternal spirit. Then hence the, the capitalization of that word spirit. But they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit. Small s-p-i-r-t. That means this. If we acknowledge God as a spirit, the eternal spirit, the Holy Spirit, we must worship Him in our spirit. Amen. You know, that's why that's why uh, Jesus was talking to this Samaritan woman. That's who this conversation is with. He said, neither on this mountain, they were on Mount Gerizim, there in Samaria, neither on this mountain or even in Jerusalem, we, you will, we won't will worship that way anymore because God is calling all of us to worship Him in spirit and truth. God is seeking such to worship Him in spirit. So guess what? It wasn't on... Mount Moriah anymore? It wasn't on Mount Gerizim. Guess where it was? Right here in our spirit. Amen. Right. Where we can worship God. In other words, guess what? Personal. Yes. It's a personal Amen. thing. Amen. Can you imagine what would happen if we if you would really worship him in spirit and in truth? Right. Woo. Right. Amen. right. Sweet. Amen. You know, you know what changed my life? And, I, and I've shared this with everybody. I don't know how many attempts I've made to try to better my life when I was living in sin without God. I don't know how many times I tried to stop what I was doing. I made those attempts. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Everybody goes through that. We all try on our own to try to somehow make our life better if we're doing something that is not right. We take those steps. We do what we can do. But guess what? It's not good enough. And obviously what happens, if it's only because of our own strength and our own willpower, guess what happens? We can only go so far. So what what does that mean? It takes the Spirit of God to make that change in you and I. We can't do it without the Spirit of God. Hence, worship Him in spirit. Worship Him in truth. Right here. Amen. amen that's a beautiful thing yes so that's why you and i are here but we're here to know about him we're here to learn about him so when we talk about the presence of god when we talk about his spirit remember this <clears throat> those four words this is this is the basis of the teaching this morning god is a spirit mm-hmm now here's something really amazing in the Old Testament when you read in the Old Testament you're going to find out that God did deal with his people there was evidence when he spoke to his people when he ministered to his people he brought evidence to them they did not see him but they seen the evidence you know what I mean by that when he delivered them from bondage in Egypt, and of course he took them to Mount Sinai, and then he made that covenant with them, and he Amen, he, he uh, ordained the priesthood, and the sacrifices, and his laws. He brought them down, he gave them to Moses, Moses brought them down to the people of God. But what was the one thing that God did to prove to Israel that he was with them? Remember, God is a spirit. You can't see a spirit. But what was the one thing that was evident that God did for his people so they knew that he was with them? Guess what he did? He manifested himself through the miracles. Mm -hmm. When they came out of Egypt, he manifested himself through those miracles. Mm -hmm. The ten plagues that were poured out upon Egypt. He manifested himself. Through the parting of the Red Sea. Woo! And open that up. So that they can walk across on dry ground. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Did you realize this? I'm just going to take my time this morning if you don't mind. But God won't let you walk on wet ground. Right. Are you listening to me? Uh, he, won't, he won't let you walk in mire. Mm-hmm. Amen. He'll make a way for you so you can walk on dry ground. Amen. In other words, what does that mean? God will make a way that you will have the victory in your life. Amen. Amen. Whatever obstacle is before you, guess what God will make a way for you. That's what the Bible says. He created a, he built a highway for them across the, the Red Sea. Wow. Yes. Amen. Praise God. And so I'm just talking about How he made himself known and then we had the the pillar of smoke during the daytime that they followed and then the pillar of fire at night but he was there so the people of god when they seen that guess what they understood hey god is with us so here's here's a beautiful thing about this now i'm just kind of presenting this kind of like in a nutshell so he did that but guess what he was invisible They seen his works, but they did not see him. He was the invisible God. But yet, when it came to the new covenant, guess what happened? We learned that, amen, about a week ago. We learned that when he spoke, when the angel spoke to Joseph and said, Joseph, don't put away your wife Mary because that holy thing that she has is from God. And of course, the scripture had to be fulfilled. We looked at that. Amen. You, we, his name will be called Emmanuel, being interpreted God with us. Amen. So, in other words, that little baby that was born in that major in Bethlehem, Amen, was God amen. in the flesh. Amen. Emmanuel, amen. God with us. So, what happened? the invisible God became visible so that we could see Him. Amen. I wonder, you know, uh, I, I read an account by uh, 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 historical records that were taken, amen, from Pontius Pilate as, as he was uh, the governor of, of, of Israel and Judah at that time. And uh, they, they brought up some historical records. His account of his time there, they call it Palestine, but it was, it was really Jerusalem and Judah. And, and the way he described the person of Jesus Christ, the way he described his physical features, that's the first time I heard anybody describe the physical features of Jesus. But the one thing that he said about Jesus was this. He said, when you looked into his eyes and he looked at you, it was like he was really looking into you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Praise wow. God. Why was that? Because he was not an ordinary man. He was a God man. Yes is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. So God made himself visible as, as we see. Amen. The amen. The, the image, as the writer of Hebrews said, the image of the invisible God. So now, those people who were privileged to walk with him, those three, those, to know him all his life, and then all the three and a half years when his disciples walked with him, they were privileged to walk with God, to see God. And as the Apostle John said in First First John, he said that they handled the word of God. That was Jesus. They touched him. Wow. They knew him in the flesh. Wow. Amen. Wow. Amen. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Touching. You know, it wasn't just we, we look at it in the sense, you know, our, our carnal minds, our carnal thinking, our reasoning. We look at, you know, as a man, like a lot of people say, oh, he was a good man. He was a good man. He was more than just a good man. He was God in the flesh. Amen. Okay? That spirit became flesh. Okay? That's what I'm saying. But look at this. He became visible. So those people seen him. That's why when he told Philip, he said, Philip said, He said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be sufficient unto us. It will be sufficient. Just show us who the Father is. You know what Jesus said to to Philip? He said, Philip, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Amen. 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 Amen.
1: Hallelujah. Amen. That's right.
2: So they seen God in the flesh. But guess what happened now? This is, this is where I'm going. Listen, guess what happened now? After his, after his crucifixion, after his passion, on the 40 days after his resurrection, guess what happened? He went to the Mount of Olives. What did he do? He ascended up into heaven. That was the last time they seen him. Wow, I wonder what that was like seeing Jesus ascend up into the, into the clouds. Yeah. Wow. Those disciples really had to love the Lord and believe what He had to say. Otherwise, you know what? That would freak any average person out. Yes. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. That's just uh, human nature. That's the way we respond to certain things. We want to hightail it the other way. But here were the disciples just watching him in awe. And all of a sudden, here comes these angels that appeared and said, Hey, just as you see him go up, he's going to return in like manner. Woo! man. So, so why am I saying that? When he ascended, his body ascended, his glorified body ascended. Amen. But only for, for this reason, he had to be glorified. He had to go back up to where he came from. But guess what? Ten days later, 40 plus 10 is 50. On the day of Pentecost, ten days later, guess what happened? The Holy Spirit was poured out in that upper room, and they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Guess what? He came back in spirit form. Amen. That's right. That's right. Here's the thing, Jesus says to his disciples, Amen. He said, You have seen me. You have seen me. I'm just paraphrasing. But blessed are they that have not seen and believe.
1: That's right.
2: That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Man. Wow. Man, if I was all if I was you, I, I, I'd be sitting I'd be going like this. That's how I feel right now. Amen. I got that tingling sensation all going up all down my back so I know he's here. I mean Amen. I can feel his presence, it's, it's powerful, it's mighty. But so when you think about it, here's, here's the reason why I'm saying this. Because today in, in, in the in the Christian ranks today, the majority of what everybody believes. They won't tell you they believe in one God. Right. Right. They'll tell you they believe in three. Co-equal, co-eternal, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But here's the thing. That's not what the Scripture teaches. That's right. Amen. We read that Hear, O Israel, Deuteronomy 6, 4, The Lord our God is one Lord. That was a tenet of their faith. That's what he wanted them to understand. That I am one. And he spoke to the prophet Isaiah, and we read that. He said, Beside me there is no other. I know not any. Praise God. I don't know of any other God. Just one. That's me. So we understood what he was saying. But people want to take the word of God and they want to, amen, change it to where they can, amen, bring in their own philosophy or their own opinion about God's word. When God's word doesn't even teach it that way. And, and, you know, here was a, 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 a person that came to Jesus and he said, uh, Master, what is the greatest commandment of all? And here was Jesus. He said, He said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So here was Jesus reaffirming or confirming what the word of God was saying in the Old Testament. But this time, because he was speaking it, he was bringing it into the New Testament, the New Covenant. So the New Covenant teaches this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord our God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. Amen. Amen. And the second commandment is like unto it. Thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. Amen. Thank you. My. My. This is beautiful, isn't it? Yes, it is. So God is a spirit. A Christian writer, a theologian, suggested in his in his uh, studies that when the scripture in the scripture, when we talk about, of course, uh, in the Old Testament, whenever you see God, you know that word Jehovah or Yahweh, Jehovah, Jehovah is the English interpretation, Jehovah, um, he talks about God, Jehovah, is a Holy Spirit, but not the same spirit as God, the Holy Spirit. (laughs) So in other words, he was making the statement that God, Jehovah, is, you know, he's a spirit, but he's not the same as as God, the Holy Spirit. Huh? Are you getting that? And, and so, but nowhere, we understand, nowhere in the Bible is there any indication that God, who is a spirit, we just read that, didn't we? It's different from the Holy Spirit right. huh? right. we know that in it yes. yeah. on the contrary we understand the scriptures and, and the only way you're gonna learn is if you read right. Amen. we understand the scriptures are consistent in what it teaches that the God of the Bible is one spirit Amen. Huh? Yes. not two or three just one and if you read all the passages that are wrapped around what he says about that, you're not going to see that he's talking about maybe even two different persons or not even three. He's talking about one person. Amen. He's making that connection to himself. Remember, because what does the Bible say? God is a spirit. Ooh. So, the God of... The Bible is one Spirit personage, mm-hmm. not two or three. Amen. Have we established that now? Amen. We have. We have established that. That's why it's important for us to believe that. Right. It's important for us to believe that. Right. I remember uh, I used to belong to a denomination of church, and and what they used to teach us, of course, wasn't the the the. Understanding and the teaching that we were given really didn't have any kind of, uh, how, how would I say, uh, confirmation or, or even going in depth to the scripture. We were just told certain things, so we believed it. Okay? That's what we believe. So I, I believe that way. Of course, I never really tried to research it or find out if that was really Bible or not. I just accepted it because they taught it. Okay? That's, that's how we see God. But then I found out after I came to the knowledge of the truth, that that wasn't based upon Scripture. It was based upon philosophy and traditions of men. So I began to understand that. I began to realize that, that amen, there's, there's more to it than I was ever taught. And the thing about it is, never really took, amen, uh, never ever got the, the initiative or, 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 or just to go in and, and try to search it out for myself. But after I came to the knowledge of the truth and experience salvation, guess what? It became apparent to me that God was only one. Amen. That's right. That's right. Even the Apostle Paul. Uh, you go to Ephesians chapter 4 if you want to. Look what, look what the Apostle Paul says here in Ephesians chapter 4. and um, Amen. This is, this is a... Really good chapter, isn't it? <laughs> in, in chapter 4, look what, in, in verse number 4, I just want to concentrate on verse number 4. Look what he says in verse number 4 There is one body, one body, and one spirit, even as you're called. In one hope of your calling. So the Apostle Paul is making that statement, that declaration that there's one body and there is one Spirit. Just one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. So when you take a look at what he's saying here, we understand that there's just one Spirit. So, so what we talking about when we talk about this? What he's saying: One Spirit. Obviously, in reference to God's Spirit. Amen. Obviously, in reference to God. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in reference to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Huh? Amen. That's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And this one Holy Spirit. If you go to the Book of uh, Hebrews, <clears throat> chapter nine, this one Holy Spirit. Look what it says about this one Holy Spirit. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 14, it says, uh, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself up without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So he says that. This one spirit is an eternal spirit. Mm-hmm. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So you think about that. You, you look at, you know, the, the, what, it's, what it says. And, and if, if you're a Bible scholar and you, re, you read and you go, you go read all over the Bible, you're, you're going to find out even beginning from Genesis, the Lord always refers to his spirit as my spirit. Right. So he never makes a distinction that they're, different. My spirit and the Holy Spirit. He's not saying they're different. He says the Holy Spirit is my spirit. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? Amen. This is really important. This is this is what I, why I'm, I'm so amazed at God. You know, in our native tongue, Wakan Tanka. That's Lakota, for those of you who don't understand. Wakan Tanka. Of course, I told you what that means. The first translation is the Great Mystery. Or the, uh, yeah, the great mystery. Because the Lakota people didn't really understand a lot about God. They knew he created the world and everything, but they didn't know a lot about him. So that's what they said. Wakan Tanka, in other words, the great mystery. Because they didn't really know him, you know, personally. But the other definition means this. Wakan Tanka, God's spirit is big. And God's spirit is holy. Wakan, Wakan, holy, Tanka. Big Amen. Amen. We serve a, a mighty God. Yes. We serve a big God. Yes. Yes, we do. Yes. Amen. And, and and here's the thing. Well, we'll let Scripture talk to us. Uh, look what look what David says here. D- David is saying this, go, go with me to the Psalms 139. And look what he says here in Psalms 139. Look what he says in his prayer. He says this in uh, verse number. We'll back up just a little bit. Verse number four. If you have Psalms 139, verse number four. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. In other words, thou hast. Guess what? He's, saying, he's telling the Lord, you're in front of me, you're behind me. You're all around me. Woo. Why do we feel lonely sometimes? When God is with us. He's all around us. Get, get a hold of this. This is something that we need to understand right now. Because the Bible says, Jesus said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. How could a spirit that inhabits the universe leave you? Amen. That's right. Amen. David understood this. Yep. David understood God's divine nature. Mm-hmm. He had that understanding, so that's why he said that. Then he says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, knowing that, Lord, you're everywhere. Mm-hmm. You're all around. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain to it. In other words, we can't even fathom the greatness of God. We might get a a, a small idea, but guess what? God is so great. We serve a great God, don't we? So we see that. And then he says this. Whether shall I go from thy spirit? He's asking that question. Where can I go from your spirit? Or whether shall I flee from thy presence? (laughs) <laughs> right. Remember the other night I talked about those that like to withdraw? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. It doesn't do you any good to withdraw. <laughs> God is everywhere. <laughs> when we think we're evading God, it's right. just like Adam and Eve hiding in the garden of Eden. Yeah. Right. The Lord knew where they were, but He said, Adam, where art thou? He said, the Lord... He said, I, I was naked and I was afraid. Who told you that you was naked? Right. Yeah. But you know, God knew all the time where they were. Right. God knew all the time what they did. So we can't hide from him. We, there's nowhere we can go from his presence. That's what David was saying. Whether shall I go from thy spirit or whether shall I free from thy presence? If I ascend into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, Thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning. And dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. Even there shall thy hand lead me. And thy right hand shall hold me. Woo! In other words. Guess what? We can't. We can't. Ever. Come to the end of God's presence. Amen. Woo. Amen. My, my, my. That's how big his spirit is. That's how vast it is. Amen. wow, wow. Amen. amazes Amen. me Amen. leaves me dumbfounded uh-huh. right. Right. <laughs> that's right. uh-huh. but you know what that, that's what gives me confidence not in myself in him Amen. that's what gives me assurance that's what helps me to go through those difficult times That's what helps me go through adversity, trial, tribulation. When I'm facing hardships, I know this, God's always with me. How many of you ever acknowledge God? I've said this probably hundreds of times, but don't just acknowledge Him here in this place. Acknowledge Him when you're at home. Amen. Acknowledge Him when you're traveling down the road. Acknowledge Him when you're at work. Acknowledge Him wherever you are, because that's how big He is. You're acknowledging His presence. So, so Amen. This is beautiful when we when we understand it. So we see that, and 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 you go to Psalms 51 and 51. Remember now, we're just talking about the Spirit of God. His Spirit, His presence. Psalms 51, and you see what David said here, verse number 11. He said this, he said, Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Oh, man. Here's the thing. This great big, awesome God that we serve. Did you know that Jesus is a gentleman? Right.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. He will not infringe upon your will. That's what makes him God. He will not infringe upon your will. Amen. He won't do that. He's a gentleman. So obviously, one thing about God, he won't force you to live for him. Huh? You can do as you please. We're all free moral agents. That's why some part of humanity is living in disobedience right now. That's why they're doing what they're doing right now in this crazy world we're living in. Man, it seems like it's getting worse, isn't it? You know why? Because they think that there's no God when there is a God. Or some are just running away from God because they know there's a God. But God will not infringe upon your will. Here's the beautiful thing about it. If you really want to know him, it's going to be because you're going to let your will, your will is going to surrender to him. You're going to yield yourself to him. You're going to open up your heart. Everything about your being, you're gonna open up to him. See, that's what makes this experience so beautiful when we do it on our own. How many of you came to church this morning because you just wanted to come and worship God? Amen. Huh? Amen. Right. You did it on your own. Why? Right. Because you wanted your will to be his will yeah. and his will your will. Right. Yeah. So you can open up yourself to God. Let me tell you something, you young people, and you listen to this. You can open open up yourself to the Lord, you can experience. Such a beautiful presence. You can experience salvation so beautiful when you understand it. You know, you know, and, and when you do that, man, you're going to find out really how good God is. Amen. That's
1: right.
2: So you think about that. We're still just we're just talking about His Spirit. We're just carrying on about His Spirit. But that's what He said: cast not, cast me not away from Thy presence, and take not Thy Holy Spirit from me." God will not invade your personal territory. Only if you let him come in. What did he say in the book of Revelations, chapter 3? If you open up the door, if I'm knocking at the door, if you open it up, he said, I will come in and I will sup with you. You'll have that experience with God, that personal experience. Woo! My, my. There's so much about this. Look what what Job says in Job 33. Uh, So we can't put a limit on God's spirit. It's everywhere, can it? It's everywhere. You just can't put a limit on it. That That should help us understand certain things. If we can't put a limit on God, we need to understand that we need to, as much as we can, humble ourselves to him and let him, amen, let him, move in our lives. Let him minister in our lives. Job 33, verse number 4 says this. The Spirit of God hath made me. The Spirit of God hath made me. That's what Job said. The Spirit of God made us. Of course, we covered that, didn't we? When we talked about uh, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Remember how we discussed that? The Hebrew intensive plural. Yep. What that really means? God having a conversation with Himself. Mm-hmm. Amen. Like we all do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Self-talk may be good. Now mm-hmm. I say that talk to yourself. Yep. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes self-talk may be good. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you need to set yourself straight. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. If nobody else will, you need to do it. But Job said, the spirit of God hath made me. And the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. So the God that made him, he said, the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. Let me tell you something. Guess what he called him here. He called him the Almighty. So the spirit of God is almighty Do you realize this how many of you uh, know of the greek word pneuma Mm -hmm. in the old testament when it talks about the spirit of god Mm -hmm. because it it comes right along with the spirit of god the holy spirit the spirit of christ the holy ghost it's the same word used in 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 when when it brings out all those different terms of god's spirit you know what pneuma means it means breath breeze or wind What does that tell you? Amen. We're breathing, aren't we? Yep.
1: Amen. Amen.
2: We're alive today because guess what? He's our breath. Amen. Amen. Wow, that, that amazes Amen. me. That just Amen. blows my mind. Amen. Go outside and just. <sighs> Sometimes I like to do that in the morning when I go out in the morning. Take a real deep breath. Ah, Feel that fresh air. Mm -hmm. But that pneuma, Mm -hmm. that comes from him. That breath comes from him. Mm -hmm. So he calls him, he calls the, the Spirit of God the Almighty. The Almighty. So the Bible states this distinction which describes God. For what he is. He's holy and a spirit. A title of distinction. Not a name. There's a difference. Not a name. Holy Spirit is not a name. Right. Father is not a name. Son is not a name. That's a title of distinction or if you please an attribute of god god is our father why he created us he created this world he created all mankind he's our father he's our spiritual father isn't he okay god became the son he became a human being and it's his spirit that we fill in this place but those are just terms those are just titles those are just attributes, but guess what his name is Jesus yes. Thou shalt have a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Matthew 1:21. Amen And amen verse uh, Matthew, uh, John 5 verse 43. Amen, the Father will send the spirit in my name. Jesus is talking. The Spirit's going to be sent in in the Father's name. So the name of the Father, what? Jesus. Amen. And the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Father will send in my name. So the name of the Holy Ghost, the name of the Holy Spirit is what? Jesus. Amen. But one in the South, same God. Amen. I'm one person, aren't I? Yeah. I'm just one person up here. There's only one Harold Marshall in this world. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) But guess what? I'm a father.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. I'm a son. Amen.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm a husband. I'm your pastor. I'm a brother. I'm an uncle. I'm a dad. I'm a grandpa. I'm a mechanic. I'm a carpenter. I'm a lot of things, aren't I? But my name is what? Harold. How how simple can that be? When we talk about God, how simple? So when we think about it, the term spirit and the Holy Spirit is referred to as the spirit of God in the Bible. The Holy Spirit is referred to as the spirit of God mm-hmm. it is, is also referred to as the spirit mm-hmm. and then it is also referred to as the spirit of Jesus mm-hmm. so one in the south same thing not not three different people but just one yep. okay so so when we take a look at that uh, and we see that Remember this, uh, go with me to Isaiah 43:15 in the Old Testament. Man, we're running out of time already. Thank you Jesus. <clears throat> so it says this in Isaiah 43:15. He said, "I am the Lord, your holy One, the creator of Israel, your king." So God is the Holy One. Mm-hmm. That's why David and all the Israelites in the Old Testament worshiped him. Why? Because he was the Holy One. Mm-hmm. They worshiped His Spirit. His Spirit was holy. You go over into uh, Isaiah 40, chapter oh, yeah, chapter 40, uh, verse number 25, and, and, and you see there what it says here. In forty 25, you'll see that. Amen. Once I can get to my passage of Scripture. Hallelujah. 45, 40, verse 25, it says this. It says, To whom will you liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Amen. Now, this is God talking. He calls himself holy, doesn't he? The Holy One. The Holy One of Israel. And, and uh, also in another place, and I think we just came from there, in Isaiah 43.3, he says, For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. Woo! I gave e- Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia, and Seba for thee. So he calls himself the Holy One. I am the Lord thy God, the Holy, the Holy One of Israel. Here's the thing. How many of you have noticed this in all the scriptures that we just read? How many of you have noticed this? It is always he. Huh? Amen. It is always he. It's never they. Right,
1: right, right. 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 amen. Right.
2: He doesn't say we. Mm-mm. He says I. Amen. I. So if he's saying I, he's talking about himself. Yeah. Nobody else, just one, mm-hmm. one individual. Mm-hmm. He never says we, but he says I. So he's always talking about he or he, I or or himself. He never, never <coughs> they. Now here's something amazing. You, you go over to uh, Isaiah chapter 6 and you read the account here and and what, what's really amazing is when you study the scripture you, you kind of see you know how even even the New Testament how, how the Lord's apostles how they they brought up, the word and, and even what they said. You know what? They studied the, they didn't have the New Testament, they had the Old Testament. That was their Bible. Mm-hmm. So they understood it, but they understood what it was saying. You know, they, and they, they used the correct term, terminology and everything, the correct terms. But look what he says in Isaiah chapter 6. You go, right, you know, this is a beautiful piece of scripture. You read it all the way down. It uh, talks about in the year that King Uzziah died, <clears throat> I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. You notice that you get to see them in heaven. You get that picture of heaven. He's seen the Lord sitting upon his throne. Singular. He doesn't say mention any other thrones. Just one throne. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. With twain he did fly. One cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy. then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. And I heard, now look what he says, also I heard the voice of the Lord. Whose voice did he hear? Here. The voice of the Lord. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said, I, here I am. Or here am I, send me. And he said, go, pay attention to what he's saying, and tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not. And see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. Woo. So, so here's the Lord speaking to Isaiah telling them that. And Isaiah said this, I heard the voice of, of the Lord I heard the voice of the Lord Wow well, it's amazing because you go into the uh, New Testament go into the book of Acts there in chapter 28 you'll see there right at the, the end of chapter 28 there the Apostle Paul is talking here and here, here's the Apostle Paul 700 years later from the time that Isaiah said this to the time that the Apostle Paul uttered these words 700 years that passed okay and this is what he says in verse 25, in Acts 28. And when they agreed not among themselves, he's talking about, you remember how he, he went to the Jews? You see that? And you see that in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the scripture verses just before that. He said he went to the Jews, but the Jews turned him down. So he says in verse number 25, and when they agreed not among themselves, They departed after that Paul had spoken one word. Okay? so But look what Paul says. Paul is quoting Isaiah 6. Paul says this. Well, spake the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? Isaiah said he heard the voice of God. Mm -hmm. Paul saying, Amen. Well, spake the Holy Ghost. So in other words, the voice of God and the Holy Ghost are one in this self-same right. yeah. being. Mm-hmm. Not two distinct people. Because right. Isaiah said, hey, I heard the voice of the Lord. Paul says, well, spake the Holy Ghost. And he goes on, he says, well, spake the Holy Ghost by uh, Isaiah, the prophet unto our father, saying, go unto this people and say, hearing ye shall hear and not understand and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Woo. So Paul refers to the voice of God as the voice of the Holy Ghost. My, my, my. Amazing, isn't it? In the New Testament writers of the New Testament knew of only one spirit they knew of only one spirit that it could impart spiritual gifts just one spirit didn't we read in Ephesians 4 4 that God is a spirit there's only one spirit Mm -hmm. so it's that same spirit Mm -hmm. just like what we experienced this morning it's like we're experiencing right now, the Spirit of God is being poured out. So we read that. Uh, go with me, oh man. Go with me uh, in uh, to First Corinthians chapter twelve. Hallelujah. Time is always fleeting. Amen. Mm-hmm. Seems like I'm just now getting warmed up. Look what he says. Pay, pay close attention to the language because we're talking about the Spirit of God, okay? And the Spirit of God imparts spiritual gifts the spirit of god ministers okay so look what he says in in 12 in in verse number let's let's go right down right down to verse number 8 first of all he says in verse number 8 for to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit you see that by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another diverse kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues but all these work at that one and the South same spirit dividing severally to every man severally uh, dividing to every man severally as he will okay in verse number 13 for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made, been all made to drink into that one, one, one spirit. So there's that spirit of God that does all this, imparts, imparts all these spiritual gifts. Sad thing is a lot of people don't believe that they're necessary anymore. I'm glad we allow the gifts of the Spirit to operate in this church. That's important because you know why? Why are the gifts of the Spirit given to the church for edification? Yeah. That we can receive edification. And we need to, that's why Paul said, quench not the Spirit, despise not prophesying. Right. Why? That's the one, in the self same Spirit. That's God's presence. So we see that it's, he talks about the, the work of the spirit. Now go with me to Joel chapter two, verse number 28. And we're just looking at, you know, the spirit of God, uh, <clears throat> the, the, the Holy Spirit. In. And you see that in Joel two twenty-eight. he said this, here's the beautiful thing. He said this in verse number 28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. That's what we're experiencing right now. Mm -hmm. That outpouring of what? The The spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. The outpouring, God's just pouring it out. You look at that and you go and you read that and man you just so so on the day of Pentecost when that all happened in the upper room and at the at the birthday of the church. Right. Amen. At the birthday of the church. That's what we're experiencing right now. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing these things come to pass, and you go to Acts chapter 2, you go to, uh, you go to uh, verse number uh, 21, it says, And it shall come to pass, uh, 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 verse number, yeah, 17, uh, 16 really, But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Young young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit. Remember, this is God talking. And they shall prophesy. That's amazing. What more of a witness do we need? Mm -hmm. Remember what I said last week? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Man, we're getting that taste when we come into the presence of God. That's why it's really something to to exit the presence of God. You you can't. How could you leave without realizing that, man, God has blessed us so much to be able to experience what we're experiencing. Mm We've tasted and we've seen that the Lord is good. There's nothing I can I can say in my life. There's nothing better than what I have experienced since the day I received the Holy Ghost, Amen. almost forty years ago. Man, Whew. amazes me. I used to be an alcoholic. Used to be a drug addict. Used to be a lot of terrible things. Thank God He saved me from that. Thank God He saved you from that. Amen. So, so we, we talked about, and I'll, I'll try to hurry. I just got a few minutes here. We talked about. <clears throat> so the Spirit of God. We know this. Jesus, when he was born, of course, we talked about that last week when Isaiah spoke about that in 714. About, you know, the Lord said, I'll give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall be with child. And this Child was going to be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. The birth of Jesus Christ. The incarnation of Jesus Christ. In other words, what that simply means, deity became humanity. God became flesh. And so we see that happen. But let me tell you something. Jesus was obviously had a earthly mother, didn't he? Mary. And remember what I shared about Mary when they use the word virgin. Virgin, a virgin is a young lady or even a young man that has not had sexual intercourse. Mm -hmm. That's a virgin. Mm -hmm. And so, but the thing about Mary, and and I'll say this, because the Hebrew denotes this, she wasn't just a virgin. She she did not know man, but here's the thing about it. The Hebrew suggests that, here's the miracle of it, her womb was shut. Wow. Her womb was shut so she could not conceive seed. That's what it means. But here's a miracle. The Bible says, and you go there in Luke chapter 1, you go there in Luke chapter 1, if you want to turn there with me, and I'll try to hurry. I'm running out of time, but uh, amen. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse number 35, I think is where I want to go. But look what it says here. It says, and the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. That's what the angel is saying. And he says, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest. Who is the power? Who is the highest power? God himself. So he's speaking about the one and self same person. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God. So saying, he's saying, he's telling Mary, uh, Amen. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. My. That's what's special about Jesus. He has an earthly mother, but he has a heavenly father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. If you take his DNA, you're going to find out his DNA is not going to be like any. Any person's DNA. You know why? Because you, DNA, you can, you can tell who the daddy is by taking the DNA, can't you? Right. You can... No guessing game with DNA. Yeah. Huh? Amen. As y'all say, that's the baby daddy.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> can't get away from that one. Uh. Guilty as charged. Right. <laughs> So if they did a DNA on Jesus, guess what they'll find out? He has no earthly father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's the thing about his blood. It's not just human blood. His blood is divine blood. Yes. Yes. Amen. So that's why it really made a significant difference as far as our salvation. Because they didn't just spill human blood. They spilled divine blood. So that's why that divine blood is able to take away our sins and for us to be cleansed. The Bible says that, you know what, what the, the writer of Hebrews say that almost all things are by the law, purged by blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Amen. That's why it took the blood of Jesus, amen, to be shed so that you and I, our sins can be completely taken away, washed away. Amen. Divine blood. So that's why the Bible says, by his stripes we're healed. Amen. That divine blood Amen. has power. We're seeing that. Didn't we see that this morning? There's power in the blood? Yes. Ooh. Why? Because we're not talking about just mere human blood, we're talking about divine blood. So we understand Amen. that. We see that. So obviously, what happened was a result of the Spirit of God. My, but here's the amazing thing. I'll try to hear it. Man, 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 this is kind of. So when when we talk about it, uh, look, look what it says about it. Of course, at his conception, it was the Holy Ghost that overshadowed Mary. She conceived. He became a living being. That little seed inside began to grow. Then finally, nine months later, he was born. Mm-hmm. And then he grew up to be 33 and a half years old. Mm-hmm. Grew up to be, he was a small child, teenager, and a man. Mm-hmm. But his father was, amen, the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Amen. So you think about that. You think about that. So so look what he says in in in, in uh, Luke chapter 4, verse, verse number 1. I'll, I'll, I'll hurry here because I'm running out of time. Amen. Maybe I might have to continue this at 2 o'clock. I don't know. But uh, in verse number 1, it says, And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Look what it says. Jesus was what? Full Full of the Holy Ghost. Ooh. He was full of the Holy Ghost. Returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. You see that? Full of the Holy Ghost. Led by the Spirit. That's the way we should be. Full of the Holy Ghost, led by the Spirit. Amen. amen. And, and you see that in John chapter 3, verse number 34. Look what this what we're talking about, Him being full of the Holy Ghost and led by the Spirit. John chapter 3, verse number 34. Amen. One of, one of our favorite chapters in the Bible, isn't it? Amen. John chapter 3, verse number 34. Jesus saith unto him, My meat is to do the will of Him. Of him that sent me. Am I in the right place? Where am I? Let's see. Oh, yeah. I'm not in the right (laughs) place. For he whom God sent. Speaketh the words of God. Remember, he was full of the Holy Ghost. For God giveth not the spirit. By measure unto him. So in other words, guess what? He was full mm-hmm. of the Holy Ghost. He was full of the fullness of God. Mm-hmm. Nice. Amen. So we see that, and and you go over you go over to Colossians chapter one, and uh, try to get. We're, we're we're racing the clock right now, but, amen. Colossians chapter one, verse number verse number nineteen. Look what it says. It says. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. So remember, He had the Spirit without measure. Mm-hmm. All the fullness dwelt in Him. And so you go, you go to uh, chapter 2, verse 9 in Colossians. Look what it says. It says, Amen, that for in Him dwelleth all, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So in that body was the fullness of the Godhead. Mm -hmm. Amen. I always remember this. Somebody told me, asked me one time, and and, uh, asked me, they found out I was a minister. I was working in the treatment center. Uh, Amen. And they found out I was a minister. So he came up to, to talk to me, and he says, Hey, Harold he induced himself I'm glad to meet you I knew who he was Ed Ed uh, is he still working there? Ed or is he gone? no is he gone? okay anyway he said I, I heard you're a preacher I said yeah he said what flavor Christian are you? Wow. I said I said I'm apostolic wow. oh he said so you're, you're just Jesus only huh? So I said, no. He said, what? You're not Jesus only? I said, no. I'm Jesus everything. I said, I believe He's the Father, He's the Son, He's the Holy Ghost. Amen. But He's one. Yeah. So you think about that. You think about, amen. Here's the thing. The Lord spoke to the prophet Jeremiah, and he said this in Jeremiah uh, 23, 24. This is what he said. Can any hide himself in secret places that I not, shall not see? him saith the lord do not i fill heaven and earth saith the lord Mm -hmm. but here's the thing in jesus dwelt all the fullness of the godhead everything you ever wonder why paul said in in philippians chapter 2 that he didn't count it amen uh, a robbery to be equal with god you know why because he was god so here's the thing if jesus was god Jesus was God. Let's, let's take a look at this. In, in Matthew 10, verse number 20, we got a few minutes. I might, we might have to go into a little overtime here, but that's all right. Amen. I won't charge anybody for this, by the way. Praise God. Matthew 10, verse number 20, and, and look what it says. It says, uh, it says this in Matthew 10, 20. It says, For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father, which speaketh in you. So we know that what... What Jesus was talking about, it, obviously, he was talking about himself too, about the Spirit of the Father speaking in him. So we see that, and, and then you compare that with uh, you compare that with Mark uh, thirteen eleven, and uh, and I and I don't try not rush, try not to rush anybody, but I'm trying to get this done. Mark thirteen eleven, you see what he said there, and, and 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 this is what he says in Mark thirteen eleven. He says, oh man, he says. He says, "But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak; neither do ye premeditate. But whatsoever shall be given to you in that hour, that that speak ye, for it is not ye that speaketh, but the Holy Ghost." Wow! Is it possible? Oh, yes! It's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. It's amazing. Jesus possessed the very Spirit of God in, in its fullness. He as God. Here's his his is something. How many of you ever read the stories about the Lord raising people from the dead? He raised them from the dead, didn't he? Yep. Lazarus raised from the dead went to his tomb and opened it up and said mm-hmm. called his name and here comes Lazarus walking out so he was the resurrection and the life he was the resurrection and the life think about that and that's what Jesus said he said he said this the flesh profiteth nothing he said that in John 663. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So because of that, because he was full of God's fullness, because he was the, wor- the word that was made flesh, he could speak life into Lazarus. Lazarus resurrected from the dead. Okay, here's, here's the other thing. Jesus even raised himself from the dead. Somebody might say, oh, the father raised him from the dead. Oh, yes, he did. So that's an indication the father was in Jesus. But when you go to John chapter 2, you're going to find out, what did Jesus tell all the, the he was telling all, all those people there in Jerusalem in, in John chapter 2, verse number 19, and, and with this we'll finish. In 219, Jesus was... In verse number 18, it says, Then answered the Jews and said unto them, What sign showest thou unto a scene that thou doest these things? Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple. You know what he was talking about? His body. Mm-hmm. Destroy this temple. And look what he says. And in three days, I will raise it up. Amen. Ooh. So... Guess what? He raised himself from the dead. Why is that? Because he raised himself from the dead because of the spirit that was in him. Wow. Amazing, isn't it? That's the God we serve. And here's the thing. He raised himself from the dead and he ascended up into heaven and he's sitting on the right hand of the throne of God. What does that mean? In the power of God. Mm-hmm. Sitting on the right hand of God. What did he do? On the day of Pentecost, he poured out his spirit. Mm-hmm. If that same spirit mm-hmm. that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, dwell in you. We ought to have a Holy Ghost fit this afternoon. Amen. <laughs> we have a, ought to have a move of the Holy Ghost in here. Amen. We should all be refilled with the Holy Ghost all over again resurrected from the dead. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. God bless you. I'll let you go. Greet one another. We'll see you at 2 o'clock.